0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. You guys were in the beverage space in the consumer goods industry. And you guys are going to love this conversation with my new friend, Monica Padlani. Monica, it is so great having you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. So
1: lovely to be here, Justin. Thank you. It's
0: so cool. So Monica is the COO at the House of Somras. And we're going to dive into that today. And you guys are going to learn about this incredible category, how they built the company, the different types of um, recipes and whatnot, and the brand. I, I just can't wait to dive in. And there's so much uh, that you've learned, and I can't wait to share that with our audience here, Monica. So let's do this. Let's start with how do you go from your background in finance and mathematics and a little consulting and whatnot into um, being in this kind of entrepreneurial space and in, in the consumer products world?
1: You just drink a lot, darling. <laughs> 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 I love it. <laughs> I think anyone happen? can be <laughs> the alcohol space. no, I mean, so it is interesting. I think that um I think that there's this sort of underlying DNA amongst people who are either have the entrepreneurial spirit or end up in an entrepreneurial job, and that you're constantly sort of learning and evolving and adding to you know your skill set, but you're also, as you, you as you grow older, you have the luxury of being able to sort of add your passion as well, right? So uh, started off as like mentioned in mathematics. Um, really loved you know sort of mathematics, but then thought that was somewhat limiting in terms of the problems I was solving. So then transitioned over to management consulting, where literally every single um you know sort of assignment you get is a completely different problem you're trying to solve. So absolutely. you just become a master
0: problem solver, absolutely
1: right. and and you know from that, you know you're creating a lot of money for other people. <laughs> and
0: so <laughs> That's if you right.
1: think that you have the capacity right to sort of create money for yourself. You start to think, well, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at, at, at problem solving, um, uh, um, and, and you get to sort of focus on these problems that bring down companies, right? And and then you also sort of think, well, how am I doing with, with management? Um, uh, how am I doing in terms of developing my own skill set? And so over time, I think that that naturally sort of happens you know, from that from that place. Um, what I wasn't exploring at that time was my creative side as Interesting. much.
0: Interesting. Yeah, um, which is so a big focus career. for me, yeah.
1: Yes. And so I think that, you know, people, and I think we have some more, I guess, freedom to do that now, I would say, but you know, you don't, you don't sort of see that you get stuck in the same career for 40 years and, and retire with a pension anymore. Right. Sure. And so if you have that little bit of risk taking in you, at some point you're <laughs> going to sort of say, okay, what is it that can do right for myself? And so I started on an entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial path um, without even calling it that, I would say, I was just sort of exploring a variety of different things. And um and and um sort of landed up with two two colleagues, uh, colleagues of mine that were sort of creating Stormrest um and wanted um my opinion on what they were doing, um wanted to just run it by someone. Uh, it just ended up that all these years, management consulting, I had eaten out a lot and doomed right, a lot. <laughs> and, and that had become a creative outlet for me. And so I had been a little bit of an at-home mixologist. And so wow. Had a really lovely time, you know, sort of just um, just chatting with them about about their intentions for Somers and what 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 it could be. Sure. Um, So again, a lot of left turns, a lot of just being focused on, you know, taking your skill sets forward, and then also just focusing on what might make you happy with your passion.
0: I love that, and I think a lot of listeners are saying, "Gosh, exactly." That's why I'm doing this XYZ um, job, started this XYZ company, or want to, right? Um the House of Somers, for those who don't know the world's fastest growing line of India inspired liqueurs which is amazing and I was doing my research you got to help me with this so Somers, meaning nectar of the gods has roots dating back to 2600 BC as a divine beverage which when drunk by humans was purported to prevent the body from degeneration it's amazing I had no idea it's
1: really fun so the the word somrus is almost like um it's in ancient literature um, and, and it's almost like a national treasure, I would say of India, like the word, you know, the, the, the somerist, um, you know, drink that's written about was actually a mix of, of a variety of different things, wow. including cannabis, by the way, all of a sudden everybody somers. listening is like, what,
0: um, where do I get this? <laughs> what? Yeah.
1: So <laughs> that was the original somras, And, you know, it's in all of this literature. And then even now, sometimes writers include it in like sort of modern day fiction literature as well. Um, and what it's become, the word is actually like used as a premium, sorry, a word for premium, uh, liqueur in India. Like it's a slang term that like, come have some somers with me. And what's fun about it is we made it a, you know, a, a brand name. And so when people see the bottle and are familiar with the word, they'll say, Oh my gosh, it's somers. I have to try it. Cause they're so <laughs> familiar with the word. Um, so it's
0: quite fun. Yeah. And the packaging is just amazing. I mean, I, I, was blown away when I saw that um, and that's I, at first I was like what is I mean this is amazing so all right so um you decide you're gonna pursue your your creative side you start talking to some colleagues that are um, are launching this brand and whatnot so how did you go from interest in pursuing that to this is becoming real for you
1: you know I think we right away we started just chatting about it and there was an immediate connection and that connection I think was over like complementary skill sets um, and um, this was not defined at the beginning. I think that's one thing that people get overly consumed by: is sort of defining your 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 role, defining your compensation, defining all this right. stuff. And got to have you it all so figured out. Yep. Yeah, you get all so bogged down in that that you forget that, like, what am I trying to create together? And it will naturally sort of emerge. You know, sort of um, both your role and and if you do well, there's just plenty of money and opportunity for everybody, right? So. So that's what happened is that we really didn't know. There wasn't this like formal conversation about here's how we'll work together or, or even being, you know, um, interviewing each other for like fit and stuff. We just started working together. We literally just said, Hey, can we, can we do this? And what I mean by that was that in this industry, you have to sell to retailers through a distributor and right. And so that's required by law, the free tier system. So we just started visiting distributors together, but like, just as go work together, let's see who has the right language conversation, who meshes well with the distributors, who can talk about pricing, all of that stuff. And so I think that it just became a natural fit of working together. No one was getting paid a cent. Like it was not, it was not about that at the beginning. It was really like, do we believe in this? And so, you know, and so that's sort of what happened at the very beginning was just us, um, you know, coming together and and saying that we, we do believe there's, there's interest in this now let's go launch it. So that's sort of the very beginning. Of
0: it and what was the initial product that you guys you know I see here on your collections page you know you've got your chai and your mango um, was it one or both or how did you how did you decide where to start in, in terms of product
1: so we started with the chai flavor but it wasn't called chai at the time this is one of our learnings we've only been around for about five years but we've been we've done a couple of really good pivots I think since then and being nimble I think is so important you know when you're growing a brand but it was just called soris and um, or Somers original was the very first one. And um it has sort of a, a cardamom base. so uh, the typical chai, you know chai latte, what you what you think about when you think about a chai latte, it had that base, also has saffron and turmeric in it um and and some lovely um, pistachios and almonds. And so we launched that. Um, you know, people really love the flavor, but they couldn't understand what exactly was in the bottle. So you've got this beautiful yeah, bottle. It's it catches a cool your bottle. eye. Yeah, it's uh, like, what is this? <laughs> yeah i pick it up and then you read the ingredients and what if you've never tasted cardamom before how do you right. how do you, you know, assess what's in the bottle right uh, so what happened was that we heard people sort of saying it reminds me of chai it reminds me of chai and people would just put it in tea and make a chai with it instead of putting like other spices and stuff so, um, I remember when we sort of started playing out the idea of just nicknaming it chai and then maybe even calling it out on the label to make it easier for consumers to understand the flavor profile. So that was the, in 2014, we launched that real quickly. And then in 2017 launched the, the, the Alfonso mango version, which is, um, just lovely, you know, it's based on this lovely, lovely mango that comes from India. That's sort of pretty rare. And, um, Um, it's um nickname is the king of mangoes because it's got this really lovely flavor profile and really great texture and all this stuff so we 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 sort of knew the industry by then in 2017 we we launched mango.
0: Wow. Yeah, and for those that have maybe just our new listeners to the podcast, we've covered the whole wine and spirits space and and how distribution works on, on some previous um, podcast episodes and it is a unique market. It's not like a, you know, a Coca-Cola or Pepsi that, you know, their route to market is very different. Um so talk about, you know, what are some of the nuances of how you guys got started once you had Some product in hand, like what was was the first win in terms of at least getting some distribution or getting some trial, et cetera?
1: Yeah. So it's interesting because um, this industry, because it's a free tier system, sometimes people are very focused on just the distributor and maybe sometimes a little scared of the distributor. But we always thought of our distributors because of, again, coming from the management consulting world um, as partners. And they also want to make money, right? That's that's they're looking for a good new brands to sort of um, pick up and 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 make money. And so we started to then very much focus instead of on the distributor, but on the retailers, and then specifically on the consumers, right? And so on a retailer, same thing. What you really want to do is find someone who's looking for something like you. And so we are Chicago-based, and um, the um, one of the best retailers out here is Biddings in Chicago. And um, I remember that the distributor really sort of thought that we were, um, you know, trying to run before we could walk by approaching, you know, Binnie's right? But we had this clarity that you know, we think our consumer shops at, you know, at Binney's. Um There was another account called Liquor Barn out here that was the same thing. We, uh, we think our consumer shops here. Why don't we just try to talk to the buyers and see? So we ended up doing our own sales at the very beginning because we connected with the buyers instead of, you know, sort of just focusing on, Maybe the distributor has different and you know, different um, goals, right? For you, a lot of times distributors will want new brands to um, build in what they call the independent channel, which is for the the, the one off, you know, nicer nicer retailers, but still like you know, not not a chain retailer. And the problem with that is, how do you get the word out to your consumers? How to how to, where to find you if you're in you know, all those independent? So we very early on understood to treat the distributor like a partner to uh, approach buyers that were looking for us and to offer them something unique. And then that way the consumer would be happy.
0: Wow. That's and then did you find that your retailer, some of those retailers you approached knew the consumer better than you guys did, or were you able to match up kind of consumer profiles and and, you know what I'm saying? Like in, in terms of understanding what their needs were versus what you think you're who you think your buyers were?
1: So think about the job of a buyer, right? They have to manage the consumers of all the brands that they carry. It's it's quite a daunting, you know, sort of job. So they, you know, they, they know their consumer. I mean, they're going to, they can tell you who's buying beer there, who's buying, you know, certain liquids, uh, who's buying tequila versus who's buying the really nice gins. but they're, they're all different consumers. But they really want to know that you know your consumer, that you have a point of view that you, because you're going to be doing the marketing, right? And you know, if you've got a point of view, and it, and that happens to match up with who they service, um, then that's great. And if you don't mention, to me, I felt like the um, the, the 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 brands that did not focus on you know, the, is their responsibility to help that that retailer pull through the product. Really, it is right. Um, brands who didn't focus on the retailer needs were the ones that sort of lost out.
0: Got so, it. Interesting. Now, you guys are in a unique category. I mean, I, you know, I I think not only is your packaging and product unique, but your category is unique and I think you have to have the right approach to it. Have have you found that in terms of growth and and how you're comparing to I'll say competition? Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the category is really unique because it's one of the last like frontiers in terms of innovation. Um, right. So you know we're talking about the cream liqueur category, <laughs> and it's about, it's only forty five years old. First of all, like this category is new compared to like how old you know sort of tequila and, sure. and vodka and gin, right? So this is a new category. And you know there was really very little innovation in this category until just recently. Um, you know, previous to that, it was of course it was, it's an Irish cream category, right? And previous right. to that, the innovation was just creating another Irish with a different different story or <laughs> different price point. You know, um, so you know, so when we came out, it was fun because there was this opportunity to sort of innovate. Right. And so, if you be can different. believe it, be creative. Our <laughs> Yeah. Our vision early on was to make cream liqueurs sexy. Right. Like I love that. think about what a, that.
0: Right? What what a great not vision more, statement. You know, easy to understand, you know? portable, like everyone can line up to yeah. it.
1: Yeah. And so there's, you know, we want to create creams that was like nothing else out there with exciting clear profiles, you know, gluten-free, low alcohol, light and refreshing. Creams are not known to be light and refreshing, but we we definitely are. Um, and we just wanted to create better creams in general, right? That was sort of our our mission. So, um, quality was part of our innovation as well as the flavor profiles that you had mentioned before.
0: So, talk about production. Where does that happen? How did you guys figure that out? Um, and, and yeah. Why?
1: So again, because we wanted to make sort of better creams, we were um, that that sort of directed where we were going to produce this, right? So, you really want to go to a, a place that has fantastic dairy um, and the capabilities to sort of handle handle the volume that we would need right so um, a couple of of places that that are top of mind were ireland and wisconsin
0: interesting (laughs) Um, wow
1: yeah so you know and and there are of course other places but i think that when you want to focus on a premium cream that's where you want to produce it Um, and so you know we 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 sort of as we started thinking about how to launch this really thought about well we're Chicago based so wouldn't it be fun to be involved in the production process and so you know Wisconsin of course Wisconsin dairy is top notch and so if we did it here there could be a lot of sort of interactive you know pieces along those lines and so sure um, we you know FYI might be producing in Ireland going forward um, oh, when we launch Europe on, yes which is on plan um, but Wisconsin <laughs> was really the place we wanted to sort of pick uh, fantastic partners. Midwestern values, right? right? So Not that far was from also Chicago. There. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I think that, that that's really where we, we chose to sort of launch it there. Um, and the right facilities were, were there as well.
0: Now, did you have the skill set or knowledge, I'll call it, to kind of figure that out? Or did you have to go external, like in terms of the right mix and the production, yeah. you know, the process? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So um, we had the right knowledge to ask all the right questions. I'll put it, it that it. way. So
0: that's start.
1: We did not want to. Yeah, we did not want to build our own facility right away, right? Because we really needed to test this thing. So can you imagine, you know, going to uh, a VC or getting investment from someone and start talking about the capital infrastructure to build a facility? No, we we really wanted to actually make sure that we were connecting with the consumers and there was a demand for this. And so there are. You know, facilities that you can team up with again, the partnership is very important, the right people that create the right liquid. Um, and you know, so we were able to find the facilities that were making the premium premium liquid and 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 actually even the bottling capabilities, getting the right bottler is very important as well. So again, both of that exists in Wisconsin. So that's where we went to. So we knew enough to ask to assess what would be the right fit for us.
0: And how did you know if you were making traction? In other words. You're having all these conversations. You're figuring out how to make the product. Like, did you decide to to start on a specific geography, or like I know you said you mentioned the retailer or two in Chicago or Did you decide to keep it local to control it at first, or like what did that look like?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think when you really the the point where you really know that you've got a brand, you've got something, is when people start talking about it online. is the easiest way, but or you hear a story, or someone told me about Somers or or you get an inbound inquiry, where can I buy this? That's when you sort of know, right? That that something's here and, and people are, are are searching searching for it. Um and so that was that was quite fun. You know, it's it's the process um with distributors and buyers is that you, you know, you sort of the distributor sort of covers you for a state. And some distributors in the US, like you had mentioned before, you've already discussed, you know, cover several states. So we sort of wanted to launch with um a couple of different distributors to see sort of where it would be a good fit for us. We took, a, a, you know, of course, Illinois would be one state. We also launched in New Jersey because we loved that. We had a great, great conversation with that distributor as well. Um, and sometimes the distributors, when they get excited about a brand, they will also invest in oh, incentivizing their sales force. To, interesting. You know? to, to put it on so the market. So when you start, yeah. you know, in some ways, yeah. So distributors are also, again, like they make their money by, by finding the next, Brands. So they're also courting brands as well. You know, um, the way we grew into our third distributor was we got an inbound call saying we'd love to carry your product. And that, again, the sort of the, the learnings or the milestones throughout the years is when you start to get these inbound calls, that's when you sure. know that you've got something.
0: Wow. Now, has your consumer profile changed or have more people been testing, sampling, trying, getting to know your product? Or are you finding it's pretty much largely been the same?
1: No, it's definitely well. You know, we had a point of view that our our creams, because the way they were made, which sort of crack open the category a little bit. Um, you know, I think creams um, traditionally have been consumed at a certain time of the year, at a certain time of the day, by a certain population. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think recent innovations have enabled like cocktails be made out of that, so it's cracked open a little bit. But it's still, you know, you, if you look at the the data, it's still Really, certain time of day, certain time of year, certain demographic. So, we had a point of view that we thought it would, you know, the demographic would be wider, it'd be pretty evenly mixed male, male, female, um, and that people would use it for something different. So, for example, um, af- after dinner is where you typically consume, you know, cream liqueurs. We found folks putting us on the brunch menu. So, think about, you know, that you can have a non acidic alternative to a mimosa or a Bloody Mary. Um, by creating a really light, you know, cream cocktail. And so one of our favorites is uh, the Somers mango with pineapple coconut water. And it is like a mango colada. It's super easy to drink. You can, you know, like two the whole thing. (laughs) 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 So, so, you know, I think, so, so, you know, back to your question about who was consuming it, we were very curious ourselves to learn how broad this could go. Um, Because as we, you know, we, I, I, of joke sometimes that we are a cream made for mixologists or made for bartenders because sometimes you know the the cocktails you know um, not every cocktail calls for a cream right but ours ours does somehow add that complexity and, and sometimes even know that you're you know consuming a cream because it is so light
0: um one of the keys so you you're in a lot of markets now gosh I just pulled <clears throat> this afternoon mm-hmm. I did a quick search on on your site where you can say where to buy I mean there's like 25 25- Places I could buy your product within like 10 minutes of my house, which is amazing. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we it's awesome. Georgia, so we
1: yeah. just lost Georgia. We just lost Georgia. Okay. Very well, to see it's that.
0: in all the major yeah. places. Not that I would know all of them, but I mean, they look very familiar. So, w- what are the keys to growth now? You know, you're a couple years in. Um, like, what's, and I've noticed you've, you've limited your product set to these two. Do you go beyond that mm-hmm. or do you go for new markets? Yep. Like, what's the thinking around that?
1: Yeah, we've got we've got a couple of different places to grow, but you're right; it has to be a thoughtful growth, right? Sure. So, um, the the first one is we are growing in flavors, and so we are going to yep. be launching a ch- chicory coffee liqueur oh, um, pretty soon. Very nice. So, um, it, interesting. I'll give you a little bit of background. So, that's actually based off of um, this uh, South Indian filter coffee, which is the cousin of New Orleans chicory coffee. Like oh, they come from the same place. Wow. So chicory coffee is super popular in India, and that is gonna be our next um, next flavor that's coming out. Um, Sounds like a fall.
0: no-brainer, quite frankly.
1: Yes, yes, and it is is delicious. Um, and so we you know we were very thoughtful about you know learning before we introduced a new new flair profile. Again, because you know on the shelves of retailers, you want to be able to say that you've got some traction um before you launch. And so we have that. And so I think that that was, was the right time to be able to launch you know another another flavor. In terms of states and retailers, once you're in a state, you know, I think that it is important to continually be um, talking to retailers um, because they've got so many priorities as well. And 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 oftentimes, um, you want to make sure it's it's moving if, if it's already in their store. And if it's not in their store, you want to present it, you know, uh, as often as they would like to hear about it. Because sometimes it's just about timing, right? Right. No um, question. And yep. so, yeah. So the no is like no for now if you get a no. We've been very lucky to get
0: <laughs> fewer no's than normal because we <laughs> That's are, awesome. unique, right? again, unique, yeah. right? It's not just another yeah. clear rum. It's not just anyway. Right. Why do I need this? Right.
1: Right. So so when you're in a state, you know, launching, getting essentially you're, you start with the metros and then you go broader and broader and broader, right? Because you want to just get to volume um, as many retailers as possible. And so yeah. I will say that. Yeah, that we you know we're still relatively unknown, even though we're five years old. It takes a while to build a brand, so retailers sure. are still finding out about us. I would say, you know,
0: I, that's what's and oh, that's why I quite and right then that in you're terms here of too. States, <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And so then in terms of states, um, you know, we we are trying to expand. We we are with um um breakthrough Youngs and RNDC, and so they essentially cover almost every state. And so we try to expand now within their territory. So when expansion makes sense, or for example, um, we uh, we launched Florida. Um, we actually we had to relaunch Florida because our first distributor we did not think was doing a very good job. So we then moved over to Breakthrough, um, and then Epcot Food and Wine over at Disney yep. wanted to carry us, so oh, they wow. expedited that. That's
0: that, an amazing that setup. Yeah. Just to, that's great brand uh, presence yeah. too. That well, that's an amazing thing each year.
1: Yeah. So you so you you know you grow into a state when there's of course demand in that state. But also when, um, you know, we've got, for example, we've got some online retailers that we work with. When online retailers show you that their sales are coming from certain states, you can also sort of understand that, that, that there's some Mark. buzz going on about
0: you. So, no question. Yeah. Wanna, uh, yeah, this is so cool. I uh, love where you guys are going and the, the growth story. Um, talk about this really amazing campaign that you guys have going on right now called Small Brand Big Heart. Really, really cool idea. And um, why don't you share that with our audience?
1: Yeah, no So, you know, we are very lucky that um, our company are still growing, you know, during this time period. It's really sort of a a bit tough for everybody. And um, we remember a time when, when you know, growth was slow for us, too, right? At the very beginning, when you launch a brand, you're very hopeful um, that you can grow quickly. And we had a lot of love and support from the bar and restaurant community when we launched. And they continue to support us, you know, now. But um, the last couple of months have been really, really tough on them. And so this was sort of our time to give back since we were doing well. And so what we started to do was um, as restaurants that we were working with had individual GoFundMe campaigns, we started to sort of support them. But then like our money was a little bit spread apart and also it wasn't making a difference on, on, on a national level. So what we decided to do was start a bigger campaign called Small Brand Big Heart on GoFundMe. And so the idea here is that we are taking responsibility for, for raising a larger amount of money. That then goes to, uh, we're partnering up with CORE, which is Children and Restaurant Employees, um, and they operate in 48 states. And they actually have been, for 15 years, they've helped uh, industry members get through emergency situations before, so they they know how to handle the pandemic. Um, and so we're trying to raise up to 100, $125,000 through this campaign. And how it works is that we've seeded the campaign with some, fu- some funds. And then for every dollar that goes in, we match up to $25,000. That's, awesome. $25, that's really cool. Yeah. So we thought this is our way to give back is not only just to sort of ourselves give money, but to sort of sign up for a larger larger donation.
0: Yeah, You ought to put that on some of your product that goes in market, you know, like a little um, tag. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Th- so cool. So share with our audience where they can find you and your website and whatnot, and then how they can then find where they can buy your product.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... Our website is somrus.com, which is S-O-M-R-U-S.com. Um, on there is um, uh, a where to find tracker. So just like you said, yep, you dropped exactly. in your snow, so they can do the same thing. And that has both um, you know, retail stores where you can buy a bottle. And it also has some on-premise stores where you can potentially, or on-premise restaurants, so you can potentially get to-go cocktails. So oh, we've seen a bit is. more of that as well. So. Not too far from you in Nashville, Burger Republic has a, um, a to-go shake with summer's chai. Wow. So if you're ever in yeah. Nashville, <laughs> it's over an there. easy drive. Um, and to then, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, here in Chicago, Kamiko, for example, which is a lovely Japanese um, um, bar, is doing a, a, a to-go cocktail, and they they actually were sort of behind the to-go cocktail movement here in, in Chicago. They're doing a summer's lovely summer's cocktail. Um, uh, but so that's where you find summers. There's a ton of recipes and stuff there as well um and then that also links to our if you're in, not in one of our states um that links to our retail partners that sell Somers online as well so there's, there's a lot of information on somers.com and then i also wanted to mention that if you want to find the small brand big heart campaign that you just you just search small brand big heart on gofundme and if there are any other smaller brands that want to do the same thing they can email us at bighearts@somers.com and we can partner up
0: that's awesome that's great and then of course you can find monica on linkedin all over the internet as well um through the website monica it's been so great having you on the podcast i'm excited about your brand like i feel like you're just like you've cracked into some markets there's so much upside and growth for i don't know it just and it's unique so i'm super excited for you guys and i hope you'll come back on um down the road and talk about how you know you guys have grown and some of the lessons from that absolutely i would absolutely love to pleasure to be on justin The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.